look at influence not popularity um i think a lot of brand owners i see they're like oh yeah let, let's work with that that big creator with like 150k followers on instagram but then most of the gold is in like the smaller creator with 15k followers don't chase the kardashian of whatever niche that you're in um just work with like the smaller more authentic creators and that would work hello and welcome to the optimized store owner show a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners we are your hosts aaron and christian we want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips tactics and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry this podcast will help you add flexibility stability and happiness into your life ready let's go Hey, y'all hope you are having an awesome day. This is a super value-packed episode, one that I didn't think that um, I was going to understand or have a completely different perspective after listening to it about influencer marketing. It's one where we've had influencer marketing uh, agencies and people have built software on the show before, but there's a completely different perspective in this one that I think you're going to find a lot of value in. You're going to learn these three things and more. Number one, how to approach influencers to create mutually beneficial relationships. Number two, how long it actually takes to do proper re- outreach. The number was actually um, a little surprising to me. And finally, the details of why you should be focusing on hiring for influence, not transactions. All of this and more in this episode, guys. It's super value-packed, like I mentioned. Um, enjoy. All right, Yash, thank you so much for, for joining us on the podcast. Super excited to, to jump into influencer marketing. Thanks for joining us. I'm happy to be here, Aaron and Christian. Let's do this. Awesome. All right, we'll just jump right into it. So yeah. uh, one of the things we always like to do a little bit beforehand is like, okay, let's research the companies. Um, and one thing that you actually wrote is that you saw a need in the marketplace with influencer marketing. So I just want to dive right into that and say, you created this company because you feel like there was a gap in the marketplace. What gap yep. was there in the marketplace uh, in your in your mind there to create the company? Yeah. So basically the origin story sort of long story short goes that I was running an agency. Uh, Facebook ads started declining with the iOS privacy updates. Uh, We started doing influencer marketing, were successful at it without using any tools. And then we we really wanted to scale it. That's when we started to look at tools. Um, And then pretty much all the tools that we looked at that were really any good were like super expensive and super complicated. So like they cost like 10 grand and up. Um, just minimum annual commitment. Um, and they were they took like 15 days to 30 days just to set up and get go, get started with. So I was like, well, this is too expensive. Smaller brands can't afford this. And it's like, it's so much friction just to get started with this influencer channel versus the alternative was Facebook ads, which you could turn on in like 30 minutes, right? So I was like, it's the influencer tooling space is like, it's complex and it's super expensive. So I wanted to make an alternative that was simple and affordable. So that's what we're doing with Saral. It's simple to start. There's no complex onboarding, no sales calls, no none of that. You don't even have to put your credit card to start. So they can just start right away and build an influencer program for free. Um, and it's also super it's like 10 times um, as uh, less expensive than our closest competitor. So yeah. Very cool. Okay, so you have yep. something on the site. It's it's um, it actually takes you to like an, a completely different page. So it's called Automatic yep. Influencers. What yep. what exactly is that? It says the ninety day transformation that gets you influencers automatically. How does that yep. work? What is that? Yeah, so that that's basically a done for you offering. So the software okay. it's still like so a lot of brands started signing up for the software and then they 
because like influencer marketing is not as straightforward, at least right now, as running a Facebook ad campaign. If someone who's even new to marketing or Facebook in general could just go to Facebook, upload a creative, write up some ad copy and turn on an ad. Versus with influencers, they have so many questions like, how do you reach out? Who do you reach out to? Um, and once they are onboarded, what commissions do you use? like so many moving parts. So a lot of brands started requesting us like, hey, I can just pay you if you just do this for me. And I anyway came from an agency background. So I knew how to craft a service, how to sell it. So we created that done for you offer. It's basically like a, um, auto, I call it automatic influencers because all the brand has to do is sign up and have like an about an hour long strategy session with us. We basically get a deep dive into what they are, what they stand for, who their customer is. And then we just get them 50 influencers in 90 days promoting their brand. So that's the offer. And we use our tool to do it. And so it's kind of like both of them play into each other. So, yeah. Whenever they, I guess it's 50 influencers in 90 days. Is there a magic number behind that? I'm just like, because given perspective on our end, right? We've used influencers before too, but nothing, I guess, to that scale. It's just been more of like a smaller piece of the puzzle. But yep. so it's 50 influencers in 90 days. Is that like they've already created content for you or it's like you have 50 people who are willing to to start to create content for you? Yeah, so usually in 90 days, we get about 25 to 30 pieces of actual content. But we get like 50 people who've said yes, who will create content in the future because it's like, making a reel or getting a YouTube video out of someone is like a one to two week job for the creator themselves as well. So we get 50 yeses and then we usually like have like a one to two week buffer period after that where we follow up with everyone and make sure that at least 50 people are posting about the brand. So yeah, and like I agree, most brands, like you said, only work with like a, like half a dozen or dozen influencers and just like, because at that scale, it's never going to be like, super ROI positive or like it's not going to be like a significant revenue driver but once you get to like 30 or 50 influencers that's when you start seeing like um, oh like this this can actually compete with like our Facebook ads for example if we scale this they start seeing like a real kind of proof um, proof of concept um, and then they can scale it from there we basically teach them everything in terms of how we did it there's no like secret sauce so they, we've had brands scale to like 100, 200 influencers from there. And that's pretty much like peak of where you can get with it. I guess my question or follow up from that is like, so I got the 50 influencers. I paid for yep. the software, which is a great price. I won't say the price on the podcast just because people can go check it out. And then you may change pricing or whatever, you know, thanks yep. inflation. Um, yep. But are you guys paying them in addition to um the software, right? I think that's a, mis a common misconception is people believe that the software is the only the only cost there. But then the other question is, do you also seed product to them as well? Or like, what does that look like? A lot of the people listening are uh, direct-to-consumer brands, which I think that's yep. a lot of people you listen to or work with. And we work yep. with a lot of clothing stores. So what all is involved once you get somebody who says that they're interested, what does the negotiating look like? What does the pricing look like? What's that whole kind of rabbit hole look like? Yeah, our model is slightly better. We call it ambassador, which is basically kind of, so seeding, I know seeding used to work and it still does. I know you've, you guys have had Taylor on your podcast, so I won't, um, seeding does work, but it's still like a very high volume play. Like you have to send like a thousand creator emails to get a significant number of replies to then send them free product and then you're kind of hoping that they post versus we kind of get um 
like a approval before we basically invite them to an ambassador program and then we make them an ambassador so there's kind of like this obligation to post like oh shit now I'm an ambassador so I got a post versus with seeding it's kind of like you're just throwing a like a product their way and then make, somehow making sure that they post with personal notes and stuff like and that's good that used to work but i think creators are now starting to see through that a little bit you have to do a little bit more than just you know sending them a free product um so what we do is we do an ambassador strategy what that contains is basically they get the tag of an ambassador they usually also get added to some kind of a facebook or a whatsapp or a slack community with other creators their side so they they have like that personal kind of mastermind group um angle to it and they get a personal discount and their audience gets a discount so there's like all these incentives for them to create content around the product so we do all of that and we basically don't ever we don't prefer paying them for posts usually because we work with like smaller creators so paying them for posts also for brand sometimes does not make sense it's always good to have sort like a little bit of an additional budget in terms of like maybe a couple thousand dollars just so you know you can pay someone if you really want need to but then we mostly only work with commission only people otherwise we don't like most of the like 45 of the 50 would be commission only i like that you do the yeah. the ambassador side of things because yeah. even psychologically there's like a little bit of um uh bigger commitment like you said is like a oh wow well, like i have a responsibility now right um, yeah exactly I'm we also like a random yeah we also purposely don't call it affiliate because affiliate is still very transactional i don't know if you've checked my website we're super big on brands having relationships with uh, creators themselves as opposed to going through an agency even if you check my automatic influencers page there are a couple lines in there about like how um it, usually like influencer talent agencies what they do is that um they have their own roster of creators um well so they they'll have like 200 creators that they work with and every brand that comes to them they'll just connect them with the same roster of creators and what happens is just like that that those creators their feeds get saturated with just branded content sponsored content and it does not work out so what i highly recommend brand should do is just build these one on one relationships which is even in the automatic influencers program we the influencer never knows that there is like an agency reaching out on behalf of the brand we basically ask the brand to give us their like their own like at brandname.com email addresses so it's like we almost become their marketing team at that point so yeah when i guess when they're working together with that person is the the software the communication device as well or are these still done through like dms through instagram and tiktok or how does the i guess give us a 30,000 foot view of the way that the software works because i think that's probably going to be very helpful with the rest of the conversation Yeah so the software will allow into branch to basically find influencers send them emails manage all their email conversations and we also have a very beautiful like CRM on on the inside of the app where they can track where everyone is reject onboard do all of their kind of operations there so it's basically a full stack um complete solution apart from payments currently you have to pay off the platform but eventually we will integrate with something like a PayPal to enable that as well so it's like a complete finding influencers reaching out to them managing relationships uh, and there's like a bunch of other like creating tracking links um tagging them with certain things so you can reach out to them in the future creating tasks like more CRM uh is esque features as well so yeah how much time do you think like if uh like you guys have the automatic influencers and and they can hire you yep. but 
if somebody was dedicated to this and this became like they wanted 50 influencers, kind of like what you did in 90 days, yep. could an internal team member do that? Like how many hours a week do you think that they need to be dedicated to just this part of the business? Not having as much knowledge as you guys, but just in a general, I guess. Yeah, I think with sheer volumes, if someone were just like doing this for four or five hours a day, um, they, they should be able to do it. But um, I think our secret sauce so to speak, is just that we just know what works. Um, it just comes with time in terms of, hey, these are the kinds of, you have to be very good at selecting the right kinds of influencers. A lot of brands make the mistake of just going broad. Like if it's like a skincare brand, they'll just go broad with like a skincare influencer versus you have to be like more niche than that. Look at your mission value, see who aligns with that and do that kind of outreach. So um, if you follow all the best practices, like you should get like 15 influencers in six months or so. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. That's, I yep. mean, that's, yep. gives you kind of perspective. I think that's also, uh, if nothing else from this episode, just kind of give perspective to people of like, it does take work. I mean, yeah, it is four or five hours yeah. a day. So it's probably, you know, yep. a part-time job for one person yep. to, to make that possible. Yep. Um, and then as far as the, the reaching out, um, you mentioned there, like you know, not to go as much of a broad, like, what do you guys look for as far as metrics of like, you know, I'm a clothing store and I want to find, right. I've, a lot of famous people wear clothing, right. So I could go yeah. get Kylie Jenner to, to wear my clothing line and I probably would make yeah. a lot of money, I'm sure. But yep. what are you guys looking for in an influencer or micro influencer, anybody like that, that says, okay, this is, these are all the things that are in alignment with our brand. And so we know that they're more likely to make us money. Like, do you, how do you, how do you find those people or what metrics are you looking for to find like success? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's actually very qualitative than it is quantitative. Um, I think the influencer field, also thanks to a lot of tools in this space, is, has become very like robotic and metrics driven. But I think it's a lot more to do with just like going to their Instagram profile or TikTok or whatever, and looking at their content, seeing the captions, reading the reading the comments, seeing how they're replying, and doing like this. It usually takes like anywhere between to a trained eye, maybe thirty seconds, or otherwise like two minutes, um, if you're untrained to notice all these nuances. And as you go, you will eventually find like some people just like vibe with your brand, some do not. Um, and like you want to work with people who, whom you think would anyway be customers of your brand. Those are the best people to make ambassadors. Like if you think that someone, if you don't pay them, they're never going to buy from you or never going to post about you. You should just avoid working with them altogether. So if you're like a clothing brand, let's say you're into like sustainable clothing and you give back to a certain charity in Africa, then you you should work with creators who are also into let's say minimalism and sustainability and giving back as opposed to some like other creator who's like wearing like leather jackets like that cost like thirty thousand dollars right so like those things those like small nuances really matter and in terms of metrics like obviously look at their engagement rate look at but usually since we work with smaller creators their engagement rates are usually on the higher side so it works out well for us um, also look at authenticity sometimes creators just buy fake followers so use tools like Saral to, um, you know, find, find out those metrics and make sure you're not getting ripped off. Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15 minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreowner.com forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreowner.com 
forward slash ecom dash training. Um, you said earlier that I guess you shouldn't pay for like the output or the content that the influencers create. Um, yep. So how how does that transaction work then um, with, with the influencers or ambassadors? Yeah, so the which is why I also say that you should just work with people who would anyway promote you. So now it's not that you got to convince them to post about you. It's just that you're giving them a perk in terms of the, the affiliate commissions that they get and the discounts that they get site-wide. So it's, we are kind of paying them for the post, but the results are, it's kind of like an affiliate relationship where the, the payment comes like a month after they're posting, after they've gotten new sales already. Um, it's, it is like hard to make work nowadays. Cause like there, there's like Lululemon reaching out to them and paying them a thousand bucks for two reels. Right. So it's difficult. So that, which is also why you want to, uh, you know, kind of pivot away from the paper post model and look at like, who's really aligned with me, um, and work with those kinds of people. So, yeah. Yep. yep. Do you think that, uh, because we had a client approach us about this and in my perspective was a little bit different. I'll tell, I'll share my perspective afterwards, but do you think that it makes sense if a person is completely in alignment with the brand and they have a million and a half followers, yep. is that worth more to our customer to go after that one person than to go after 50 micro influencers? You're right. So I think what I've generally seen, again, this is a very case by case basis. But what I have generally seen is that you would get more out of working with 10 influencers at 100K each than you would getting working with one influencer at 1 million with that one influencer. So and it, it applies across scales. Like you would get more out of working with 10 influencers at 10K each as opposed to working with one creator at like 100K. But yeah, it's usually the smaller you go, usually around like the with like a 5K unit size. Um, you're getting more bang for your buck simply because I think fundamentally like a, someone with say 10K followers has just like a very super niche audience versus someone at 100K. Like it's very rare that you would get like 100,000 people interested in like one same thing. Maybe like 50% of them are following that person for one thing. The other 25% are following them because like they're good looking or whatever. Right. So it really depends the broader you go it's kind of like it's kind of like broad targeting on facebook right the broader you target the lesser the effective the ad gets right so similar to that you just got to be more niche with with your influencer selections is that a weird metric the the more good looking the influencer the <laughs> i've never tested that, that but that's a good idea <laughs> yeah. i mean it's probably like, I mean, somebody probably hasn't created it because they don't want to be like quote unquote shallow, but I mean, absolutely yeah. the better the looking person, the the more engagement they the more, probably Yeah, have. of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably an interesting thing is like a, an, a feed on Instagram that doesn't look nearly as appealing, but it has somebody who's more attractive versus a very appealing feed. And it's somebody who's just, let's say the complete other spectrum is not looking as good. Like yeah. that's... I mean, it's a, it's a shallow world, but it is, uh, it is, yeah. the, the, I guess, the truth there. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I also want to point out, too, is like you guys have this academy thing, right? So it's join yep. the NoBS Influencer Marketing like letter. Is this a, like a, just a newsletter or a blog or what does this look like? Because you got it looks like you guys are trying to educate people about how to use yep. influencers and, and, and yeah. do what we're talking about on this podcast. But I just want to dive into it because we're not part of that list yet either. 
Yeah, you should join. So it's pretty like all of our like playbooks are out there. Like none of it is secretive or everything we do in the automatic influencers program, everything we've done in the past, all of that is just like out there on that academy. So there's a reason why we don't call it blog like most sites do. We call it academy intentionally because I think that's my mindset towards it. Like I don't want to make it like a so none of those articles are like SEO driven or any of that and which is probably like me leaving money on the table as a software a business owner but i really want to make that academy like the best place on the planet to learn influencer marketing for free um i've taken like lots of courses read lots of books and i pretty much just reveal it all um inside of the academy so yeah and then in the i call it letter and it's a newsletter yes but i write it in the format of a letter there's like a signature at the bottom and it's like a, it's like a very friendly kind of, it's not like a newsletter with like sections and very formal. So it's like a casual letter that I send. So it's called the no BS letter. Yeah. Okay. So you said that you've read a lot of books. You obviously know about influencer marketing. You guys have built some software, uh, yeah. that's looks very appealing for first to the small business owners to make that happen. Yeah. What yeah. would you say is the, like if somebody has never done anything with influencer marketing or literally just have heard of the term because I think it's still kind of the infancy stage. What is the yep. best piece of advice that you've learned from all of your knowledge that you could share? Um, I think fundamentally just look for, it's in the name like influencer marketing, but look at influence, not popularity. Um, I think a lot of brand owners I see, they're like, oh yeah, let, let's work with that, that big creator with like 150K followers on Instagram. But then most of the gold is in like the smaller creator with 15k followers. So I think don't chase like the like the Kardashian clout of whatever niche you don't change the card don't chase the Kardashian of whatever niche that you're in. Um, just work with like the smaller, more authentic creators, and that would work. I think that's fundamentally what I've seen work across like different books, different courses I have taken. It's like mostly that's what has worked in practicality as well. Um, I think also not doing just another like principle that I could share a lot of tactics with principle wise. Um, I think don't do uh, transactions um, because relationships compound transactions don't. So a lot of brand, again, they start doing influencer marketing and they fall for this um, old school kind of PR model of paper post uh, where it's like, Hey, we'll pay you X amount and you got to like post about us twice a month. Um, and that's fine. But then it does not give you the long-term return that you want. Like the ROI is the relationship. The ROI is just having that influencer organically shout you out uh, whenever they want to just in, weave, weave your brand into their content as opposed to making it like, a, hey, let's take 30 seconds to, you know, shout out to, your, to our sponsor because um, that just comes off as it's like you're better off running YouTube ads at that point because you'd likely get a higher ROI on that. You don't have to pay as much for a YouTube ad as opposed to uh, paying the influencer to shout you out, right? So you have to make it like an authentic relationship with the creator as opposed to just doing transactions with them. So like those are two um, principles that I've learned. And I think maybe I'll drop like a tactical principle is like set systems. One of the uh, re main reasons why I've seen influencer programs not working is that the, the marketers or the founders of DTC, right, they never set systems. So you got to set systems in terms of like, hey, we will reach out to 50 influencers this week and we will like on we, our goal is to onboard five um this week right so like if you and like it doesn't have to be 50 it can be 20 or 10 or whatever but you set those systems and you do you put in the reps um so like it's like kind of like going to the gym right it doesn't matter if you go for like 90 minutes or 30 minutes right as long as you keep going you're gonna you're gonna build muscle you're gonna get fitter 
So it's the same with influencers, like set those systems, because if you do it for like two weeks and then you stop, then it's not going to work. Then, then they post on LinkedIn saying influencer marketing has no ROI, right? But like you didn't do enough volume for it to have ROI. So set those systems, you're able to do volume, like add it to your calendar or something. So, yeah. Um, I had a question, yep. maybe not related to this, but yep. it was interesting and I didn't, I guess I don't know anything about this, which is the FTC um, has certain guidelines on what you can do and cannot do when it, when it comes to, to influencer marketing. Um, is there anything that you can talk to um, about, about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I think the FTC is pretty like fair when it comes to you doing ads with influencers. Um, I think we pretty much just follow the fact that if they are getting paid for it, um, then just write ad or hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored somewhere where it's visible. Um, don't hide. I think FTC is strict about hiding it under the hashtag section. So if you if you're like posting about skincare and then you're doing skincare uh, skincare routine hashtag ad morning routine, um, then it's like you're kind of like you know hiding the fact that it's an ad. Don't do that. So ask your creators to you know even if they're ambassadors, just ask them to show off the fact that they are ambassadors and the FTC would be good with that. As long as you're not just, as long as you're not just not being sneaky about it and there's no reason to be sneaky about it. I think consumers know that creators have to make a living and to make a living, they have to like work with brands and do ads for them. That's completely fine. And even when the creator is upfront about it with the ad, they can still like win the customer because like to be honest like the ad kind of throws people off a little bit like oh this is an ad i'm going to scroll past but if the creator is good if they have a good relationship with their fans and if they are actually genuinely like advocating for your product as opposed to it actually being like an ad um it usually works out so like with ftc just be like upfront about it in a youtube video make sure that it's mentioned it says that it's a sponsored video in the description or in the like the YouTube video somewhere on the screen, it's a sponsored section or Instagram and TikTok, just write like hashtag ad is the first word in the caption and you're good to go. There's like a bunch of complicated regulations around it, but we mostly just mention the fact that it's an ad and they're good to go. So, yeah. Um, one thing I think this will be be helpful as we kind of close this out. I just, I just want to make sure to tell everybody to definitely go check out the website and that will be linked in the, in the show notes. But where do you feel influencer marketing takes this direct to consumer the the e-commerce world in the next you know year or two right i don't want to go too far out but the next 12 months 24 months what does it look like because right now i feel like it's such a small portion of what brands do but do you see that shift changing what's what's kind of on the horizon from what you see yeah i think i'm already seeing brands especially because of the tracking issues with facebook um, a lot of brands are just spending more on influencers and creators and even like, so again, it's fundamentally, I, I like to type, talk about fundamentals a lot, it just boils down to earned, owned and paid media, right? So I think it always goes from like paid to earned to owned, right? So I think we saw the kind of like the bloom of paid media in like the last five years with Facebook ads really booming. And right now it's like the era of TikTok, but I think again, that's very short-lived, maybe like 12 to 18 months. And that's fine. Like milk it as much as you can, like no hate on Facebook or TikTok, but then obviously while you're milking it, use the revenue that those ads are making you to build these earned and owned media channels. So like earned media is like word of mouth, influencer shout out your community, uh, owned media is basically your content marketing, email list, stuff like that. 
So I am seeing that shift for sure. A lot of brands are like, yeah, we need to reallocate our Facebook budgets. And I'm like getting a lot of like, hey, next year, next financial year, we're going to go through a reallocation of budget. So yeah, I am seeing that. Um, in terms of where influencer marketing go is going, I think a lot of the, I'm already seeing it. It's like moving a lot from transactions to relationships. A lot of creators are like, hey, um, even I get objections sometimes. Like I reach out to some creators for a brand and they're like, hey, I've, I've worked with this X brand who's like a kind of like a semi-competitor to our clients. And they're like, hey, we genuinely can't work with you because we just have worked with this brand for a long time. So I think it's actually like, I'm fine seeing that because it's like the creator is loyal to the brand that they're promoting. And that's awesome. Otherwise, if like, I would actually be like against working with them if they were like, oh yeah, you just pay me more and I'm going to post about you instead of them. That really like, that throws me off. So yeah, I think a lot of the move is towards like, even from the creator side, because creators need a consistent income, right? So they are looking to build these long-term relationships with brands. So I think a lot of it was very transactional, um, but it's moving towards a more kind of uh, warm relationship-based um, industry. So I think I think that's awesome. Very cool. Christian, do you yeah. have any other like questions in, in, in there you wanted to get out? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure we talk about, I, I, I think we hit on everything I really wanted to, to touch on here. And I think the site is a super, uh, helpful resource for it. Like, like you said, the Academy piece there, yep. um, I will sign up for it cause I do need to learn more about influencer marketing. So thank you for that. Um, any, anywhere else out there that we need to make sure to let link people to your, uh, other than your website, that would be a good place for them to connect, uh, with your brand or you. Um, yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Yashjavan. I'm pretty, pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, find me there on Twitter at YC the man. I'm starting to push more influencer content on there. Um, and yeah, just sign up for our Academy. Like even if you, and if you want to get the app, it's a free trial. Just go to getseral.com and sign up and you don't even have to put your credit card in. But if you're like, still like not sure about when you want to do influencer marketing, I still highly recommend everyone get on the academy no bs letter list um we sent some nice gold there we're studying a lot of brands nowadays we did like lululemon sephora pura vida and we basically like uh, like apply to their influencer programs do some spy work um and reveal all of their secrets for other brands to see so yeah awesome yeah. well i appreciate the time thank you so much this is very valuable for the influencer marketing and i'm curious like you know uh throwing it out there to to come back on the podcast in a year 12 months or 24 months if anything major happens or any updates with your software so we can uh kind of see how the world is has uh, panned out over that period for sure yeah let's do it and i i love being on here thanks for having me all right well have a great day thank awesome. you thanks that's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBraining and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.